0: Christians are encouraged to look for the blessed hope that would be the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. We're encouraged to look ahead to tomorrow, living with the awareness that Jesus could come today. One of the ways we look ahead to tomorrow is to consider the hundreds of unfulfilled prophecies in the Bible. We can expect the world to be moving in the direction predicted by the end times. We reserve a few minutes Sunday morning to suggest news or trends that seem to be predicted by our futurist reading of the Bible. We try to avoid sensationalism, carefully using recognized, reliable sources for news. And we're never saying the things we report are the fulfillment of prophecy, only that they're things you would expect to be happening and get excited about because you see how God has written history in advance. Futurists like ourselves have long recognized that the government of the Great Tribulation will be global, eventually concentrated in the totalitarian rule of one man, the Antichrist. Global, one-world reset government is growing in popularity among the nations of the world. Climate change is bringing more and more governments to the conclusion that they must sacrifice national sovereignty for the greater good of working together to save the planet. Now, in these updates, the way I use climate change is uh, the idea of climate change, the philosophy of climate change, climate change as an issue. I'm not taking a position on whether the world is getting hotter or colder. My hands are cold all the time, that's all I know. And uh, could be poor circulation, who knows. But anyway, uh, so climate change is the issue uh, that is bringing these people to the table and saying, hey, I guess we need to give up our national sovereignty in some areas in order to save the planet and exist. Now, right now, and this is true, there is what has been called a catastrophic food shortage. In underdeveloped nations, it is truly awful. It's giving the UN and the WEF and others in that elite camp boldness to push their climate agenda. Let me suggest an example. Most of you know the answer to this, but who is the largest owner of American farmland? Bill Gates, Mr. Mighty Microsoft. According to a recent Fortune magazine article by Sean Tully, Gates is finding ways for farmers to produce more corn and soybeans on every acre while substantially lowering carbon emissions. What emissions? What a good guy. <laughs> Gates believes that, and I quote, genetically modified seeds and chemical herbicides in the right doses, not land intensive organic farming, are crucial to curbing carbon emissions. An environmental health expert, Stacy Malkin writes, if Bill Gates has his way, The food in our future will little resemble what's on our plates today. Gates and his agribusiness industry partners are proposing to transform our food and how it is produced. Can you say Soylent Green? (laughs) CNBC posted an article. Bill Gates and Richard Branson are betting lab-grown meat might be the food of the future. What's that growing over there? It's meat. Gates said in an interview... All rich countries should move to 100% synthetic beef. Gates funded Impossible Foods, which has two dozen patents and more than 100 patents pending to artificially replicate cheese, beef, chicken, and permeate these products with manufactured flavors, scents, and textures. So it is actually just like sci-fi. You could get a block of, what's that? Well, blue, that's chicken. Okay, and it tastes just like chicken. Of course, everything tastes like chicken, but, uh, you know, so you'd have these, you know, it makes shopping a lot easier. You just shop by color. Can you tell me where the blue aisle is? It's over here, you know, so you get your chicken aisle, you got your cheese aisle, you know, and everybody's just eating blocks, uh, and it tastes good, supposedly. Ginkgo Bioworks, Gates-backed startup that makes custom organisms. (laughs) Uh, I dare you to call them later and tell them you want a custom organism for your house. The company uses its cell programming technology to genetically engineer flavors and scents into commercial strains of engineered yeast and bacteria to create natural ingredients, including vitamins, amino acids, enzymes, and flavors for ultra-processed foods. A watchdog agency states, The battle has been brewing for more than a decade as food sovereignty movements in Africa have resisted the push for chemical-intensive agriculture, patented seeds, and monocrops. Farm Action posted an article titled, Bill Gates, Naive Farmland Investor or Power-Hungry Megalomaniac? They're calling him a seed pirate, noting that one of his ag companies boasts the world's largest gene bank, managing more than three-quarters of a million seeds acquired from farmers. And so he has quietly, but with dedication, uh, gotten seeds for various crops, 750,000 of them from farmers, and holds the, uh, I guess, patents and the rights to sell these. No one else does. Grain.org states bluntly that Bill Gates is consolidating control over our food system. Listen to this quote by Dr. Henry Kissinger. If you're too young to remember who he was, he's a really smart guy. He said, control oil and you control nations, control food and you control people. And so, uh, you know, there's coming a time when they might say, hey, you uh, Central Valley farmers, you're just not hitting the emission levels we have to have. And so you're out of business. No problem, though, because we have a green capsule for you and uh, you're going to start eating all this Bill Gates food, uh, and uh, they, they can control people that way. There are powerful people and organizations that are making moves to control our food. It's not a conspiracy theory anymore, except that it's a conspiracy. It's an open conspiracy on their part, and this is exactly the kind of thing you'd expect to be happening from reading your Bible as a futurist, a move towards global domination and the giving up of sovereignty. Now... Uh, we're not going to be on the earth during the great tribulation that's coming, the next big thing on the prophetic calendar. Uh, we're going to be raptured, uh, and that means that the Lord will re- return in the air, and he will raise the dead in Christ, those that have died in the church age. We will, uh, who are alive and remain, will receive a new body, changed and transformed, and will be caught up to be with the Lord. Uh sometime after that, that doesn't necessarily trigger the Great Tribulation, but sometime after that, the Great Tribulation will begin for seven years on the earth. I don't know how much we're going to feel these things or suffer from these things. Uh, you know, We're not going to go into the Tribulation, but that doesn't mean we're not going to be hurting at some point. We're going to talk a little bit about that in our uh, study, as a matter of fact, this morning in terms of our national position, but um, it's great to know that we won't be going through the great tribulation. And I think motivates us to share Christ with others because uh, time is short, you might say. If Jesus could come at any moment, uh, time is definitely short. So the question I ask each week, are you ready for the rapture? If not, get ready and stay ready and keep looking up because ready or not, Jesus is coming.